His program I feel like the NCC should be next to each other for this though because we, 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 we were around for this. I know. Finish smoking and we'll switch. I was back. around too. Where do you think I got this original program? You guys didn't go to the fucking show. No, but I sure as hell no, tried to watch Uncle it live. Derek did. You, Uncle Derek didn't have, go. He sure as fuck did. Don't believe it. Ready? Fucking. You should have been ready. You should have already had it ready. We're not supposed to watch the show together. <laughs> Holy shit! It's Uncle Derek! <laughs> I noticed that guy too. With the stripes. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Um. We are L I V E live. No, we're not. <laughs> Stop saying that. <laughs> All right. So, Mikey, talking to that real quick. Hey, my name is Mike Pava. I like to say I like to drink iced tea every day. Because <laughs> I like the flavor. <laughs> iced tea, the drink, but not the rapper. He's cool too. Yeah. He's kind of dapper. Ah. Kinda. <laughs> there are so many crayons in this box. Can you guess how many? Five. <laughs> No. You should really learn to count. <laughs> Alright, so let's get going. You're gonna right. be more over here to make sure we pick you up. Right here? Yeah, you Don't need to be do nice. That. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Just talk over too, it. My legs are too big for this. Alright, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the inaugural <laughs> edition of Three Way Theater Presents Match, Match of the of Night. night. Foster Classic. Best in show. Whatever you want to call it. Yeah. You know, it's whatever whatever your Meltzer rating is. We'd offer uh, you to vote on which one you Ooh, choose. But that's you, a good but, idea. But, you know, but nobody would ever vote, so what the fuck? Oh, okay. But well, we Jesus. just need, we need to announce we're going to be doing Barely uh -huh. Legal. Uh-huh. Post that on Facebook. Yep. Let the fans have their votes, and then we air it. Then they can see what their favorite <sighs> member of the TWT family voted for. <laughs> well, so who's in TWT? Let's do this real quick. Because yeah. we, we usually skip ahead of this part. Well, this may be your first time listening. Right. And you may not know what three-way theater is. You you just came to listen to Match of the Night. Right. 
So, so I'm Mike Pava. I'm Lumberjake. And I'm JC. And we comprise of Three Way Theater. Correct. A podcast. We, yes, go oh. ahead. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. A podcast about pro wrestling movies and, and pro, pro wrestling, wrestling movies. movies. Correct. And for the debut episode of this very special project that we're working on, we have a special guest. And that special guest is Mr. All Good Anthony Green. Anthony. I am joining the Fatal 4-Way Film Review. Oh! Those were our rivals, you son of a bitch! <laughs> Damn it! Yes, he is, Mr. TV Ready, with that podcast tan. Oh. I do I do prefer 4-Ways over 3-Ways. Well, it makes it a little easier for you. Yeah, Because yeah. you don't feel left out. Right. Yeah, right. yeah. You're always the, there's always that one person just left out to the side, just kind of watching. And it's always me. all right let's tell the people what match of the night is all about all right um well match of the night is going to be our pro wrestling review show not so much the without the movie aspect yep we're going to run through some of the most famous and infamous cards of pro wrestling history and we'll talk about what each of us thought was the match of the night or the worst match of the night. We're going to talk about our favorite spots, and we're going to run through the whole thing. And uh, while we, as we start this off, I am going to tear oh, up geez. a piece of paper, my foley work. Uh-huh. <laughs> He's narrating again, Mikey. Uh huh. I'm, I'm actually interested that he oh, uh, right. I'm invested. Yes. Well, See, I'm gonna. He's folding it. I'm folding the paper. Uh huh. Oh. And I'm gonna tear off. Oh. A couple of ballots. Oh, I see what he's oh, doing here. Oh, you didn't really get it down the middle. I see what he's right. doing here. What if, what if, um, oh. what if I haven't come up with a favorite match of well, the night yet? Yeah, Mikey revealed before recording that he didn't actually have a favorite. Well, you are fucking put on the spot now. It's the one goddamn thing you're supposed to do on this podcast. So we have... So... Can Let's first talk about crayons? the fact yes. that we are doing Barely Legal yes. 1997, April 13th, 1997. Which is the very first. The very first ECW That's right. pay-per-view. And it's the 20-year anniversary. Now, it shouldn't have been the first pay-per-view. Uh, Mike, you want to explain why the pay-per-view didn't... Why? What happened in 1996? Well, uh, the very famous ECW mass transit incident took place in... Uh, Revere at the old Greyhound Park and uh, of course everybody I'm sure knows the story by now 17 year old Eric Kulas lied said he was trained by Killer Kowalski even though uh, apparently Killer was in the building that night nobody bothered to ask ask him him. Uh, but uh, (laughs) so he went in there and uh, took I believe Axel Rotten's place yes Um, he was teaming with teaming with Devon against the gangsters in like this cop outfit, which I assume is the where the mass transit name comes from. That's yes. not true. He was, was a, that he, was, his he, was name? a he was a bus driver. Yeah. Yes, okay, correct. There he was go. a bus driver. He was supposed to work for the Massachusetts bus. Right, which makes sense. That was also his finishing maneuver. The bus driver. <laughs> if it was, that's amazing. If it wasn't, what a missed opportunity. <laughs> yes. So uh, Eric Kulas Mass Transit I had actually seen him in 1996 wrestling for the NEWA, the New England Wrestling Alliance. That's where he had his first matches because Tiny the Terrible, a very infamous midget wrestler here in New England, was the one that brought right. Eric. Well, actually, Eric Kulas brought him to the Wonderland Greyhound Park because 
Tiny didn't have a car. He didn't drive. He had no way to get to the shows. No. Did Tiny take the bus and was mass transit driving it? <laughs> uh, first of all, Tiny did have a bus pass for Ripta. He <laughs> used it all the time. He also went to uh, CCRI, the community college in Rhode Island. And um, longtime listener Rui Batello can also tell you how whenever Rui was at school, he would see Tiny the Terrible passed out sleeping in the cafeteria. <laughs> Yeah. You know, can I can I just say when I first saw Tiny the Terrible, I was probably five or six years old at an independent show, right? That had the show was headlined by uh, Sergeant Slaughter versus the uh, the Russian destroyer Tito Santana was on the show, and Tiny the Terrible's gimmick was a mini Ahmed Johnson. Yep, he, I actually remember that he uh, came out with the red trunks to the music. And he did the Pearl River Plunge. That would have been in 1997 as well because he was doing that same gimmick um, right around the time that um, Raw is War debuted. Um, because the, the first Raw is War was in Worcester. You were there, right, Mikey? For the first, the one with um, the Marilyn Manson theme? Yeah, the yes. very first. Been yeah. From Monday Night Raw yes. to War is Raw is War. Yes, yeah. I was. Yeah. Um, he was doing mini Ahmed Johnson around that time. Really? Okay, so it was, yeah, I was seven years old, very young, and I stuck out to me the mini Ahmed Johnson that I saw. So Tiny brought Kulas. Kulas had a, maybe like five matches. So in he NWA. actually has had some matches. Yes, I was there. Rick Fuller was on the same show that I watched. So Rick Fuller was there, um, Eric Kulas, and he was doing the Ralph Crandon mass transit gimmick then. Um, but you were there live, Mikey. You yeah. saw the incident. We've talked about this on the Mac cast right, before. Right, crossover. Um, but that was that changed the course of ECW. It changed the course for a lot of things like we had discussed too. I mean, uh, it changed the course for New England guys maybe getting a, a better shot mm -hmm. at ECW at that time. Um, because, I mean, outside of Philadelphia and New York and maybe Florida, um, and, I mean, Boston was right up there with the places that ECW. The Revere's, the Worcester's. Yeah, the Webster, Webster uh, all yeah. these places. And I was always there, but, Whoa. man. Um, Mikey, you and I were the only two in this podcast that have actually been to the ECW shows live. Yeah. Um, no. I believe Anthony Green is the only one of the four of us to wrestle in the ECW arena. In the arena. ECW arena. God damn it, we twice <laughs> <laughs> and against an ECW original oh um, was it, it uh, who's that Nunzio it was Nunzio and actually I was announced to the ring by Steven DeAngelis oh okay who is humble brag yeah, yeah. humble brag didn't sound very humble to me <laughs> Steven DeAngelis was like the ECW announcer who would yell and scream things yes he's actually deaf in one ear he is I know by yes and oh. because of the uh, unfreezing process he has no inner monologue <laughs> <laughs> um, I wanted to bring up real quick because I, I don't know for you Mikey I know we were just talking before we started recording about your uncle Derek being live at the ECW arena for Barely Legal um, ECW this has been gone over many a times but the pay-per-view distributors um, only request TV aired the first pay-per-view and in here in Rhode Island viewers choice yep. was the only pay-per-view distributor I didn't get to watch it live either which was now, disappointing. I remember this vividly because my friend Joe in North Providence, he was like, we're going to watch ECW Barely Legal. And I'm like, that, you, we can't. We don't have requests. We went over his house. We did a backyard wrestling show that day. I kept on telling him, he goes, I have a black box. Don't worry. We're going to watch this. There was no ECW Barely Legal. 
We could not watch the show, even though I had told those motherfuckers that we weren't going to be able to. But I didn't actually watch Barely Legal until almost two years later. Mm. Uh, my only source of it, of course, was my Uncle Derek, who went to the show. And when he told me some of the results of these matches, I was blown away. <laughs> like, holy shit, now, are you fucking kidding me? I don't know about you, Mikey, but I was religiously buying the like the Bill Apter magazines, Pro Wrestling Illustrated. That's how I kept up with the wrestling world when I couldn't get my hands on the VHS tapes, the tape trading, things like that, because I also did do a little tape trading back in the day. Um, I just remember reading the results about this show and just, like... At the time, I thought, oh, it's everything I could possibly want in an ECW show. Mm -hmm. But hindsight being what it is, um, I don't know. I'm going to talk about it. To me, watching it so long, so long um, in between, uh, I enjoyed it. I did. I did. Sorry. I I enjoyed it more today than I did back then. Interesting. That's an interesting point. Yeah, that's that's very in, that's intriguing to me. I did. So I mean, so should we dive in? Let's yeah, do it. absolutely. So uh, Anthony does have a cool little uh, little, little memento. side memento here. What is yeah. this, Anthony? Uh, I have an original copy of the ECW Barely Legal program, uh, which features all the matches, or on the back, or most of them at least. Mm-hmm. Uh, inside, they have little tidbits about each match. Very um, cool. A really cool centerpiece about the biggest grudge match, grudge match ever between Taz and Sabu. That's the top of the actual poster yes, that I have, which is was signed by Taz and Sabu biggest and many other people. Okay. I think I believe uh, Thomas Inchworm Rodman <laughs> also signed that piece. Is Rob Feinstein's signature on there at all? Oh, um, Seven Eleven. Seven Eleven. He might be. Here we are. That's a very cool memento, Anthony. That's uh, awesome. Earlier, AG was showing me that. And it's and in awesome condition. He uh, he mentioned, he like laughed because Louis Spicoli was on there. He's like, he wasn't even on the show. There was actually uh, two dark matches before the pay-per-view started. Okay, so that can, it was... Um, um, oh, I just completely blanked on his name. Chris Chetty? No, TJ, uh, JT Smith. Smith. Was yes. JT Smith on sure one was. of them? All right, makes sense. So the dark matches were Luis Poli defeated Balls Mahoney. And that's my match of the night. Good night, everybody. <laughs> oh, good night. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, JT Smith and Chris Chetty defeated Tommy Rich and Little Guido in a tag team match. Cool. Really? So yeah. by the way, dark matches do not count. No, right. no, no. I've never seen just this. Wanna, yeah. Just want to throw that Unless they're on a free-for-all. <laughs> Damn it! Um, so that's cool because um, by watching the infamous Beyond the Mat, right, with Paulie going through his speech from that night, you see those guys in there, and you're like, wait a minute, this is this like they weren't on the show? Yeah, but yeah, I mean, okay, and you have to believe that anybody that was on the ECW roster at that point would have been in the locker room anyway. Including Paul Richards, ECW official Ugh. from New England, Extreme Enforcer, yes. right, baby? He was there backstage. Hanging out, yep. watching the show. Cleaning the bathrooms, whatever needs to be done. Hey, he's the extreme enforcer. All hands on deck. So we, uh, 
We open with minor technical issues with Joey oh, Styles. Oh, right off the my bat. God. <laughs> so, all right. uh, first of all, um, I I believe we all watched this on the WWE Network. Yes. AG contemplated watching the VHS, correct? Which you I think you should have. I think you should have because that would have given, given a different perspective on well, some things because they watched, did a lot of editing. And I, and I have watched the original version, so I have seen it with the musical the as it was intended. Yeah. Um, I wasn't as upset... With that, what I thought I was going to be there was they kept some in there which I was happy about. You could basically hear the lyrics to "War Machine" by Kiss when Taz is coming out. (laughs) I have to wonder why in this age, uh, like why is Rob Van Dam coming out to cable access production music (laughs) when they can just use his WWE theme? Right, they've done it before on uh, ECW One Night Stand. Yeah, yeah. Like what the hell? That makes sense. It's just it annoy. It's one of those little things, and I remember when I used to produce backyard wrestling shows for Seacon Cub Cable Access. They would say, "Here's this list of production music you can use," and it's the worst. Yeah, like, <laughs> awful. Just generic. Lame. And that's what was playing for this show um, when they did the Sandman uh, music video. Yeah, yeah. Um, I did write down that the audio issues was the first. Like that's just. Way to set yourself up. This is the very first thing potentially anybody will ever see of ECW. Here's my theory. Uh, WWE was promoting this pay-per-view on Raw. They had the the guys come on and do matches, all this stuff. About because, so awesome, by the way. Which yeah. was great, but it didn't really showcase what ECW was all about being hardcore wrestling. Yeah, they okay? showed a bunch of squash matches. Yeah. So it just wasn't like... But it was still awesome to see these guys on your TV. My, my thoughts are WWE helped with the lighting. Which they did you know, get the new rigs. They they helped with miking the ring, which sounded atrocious. Yep. Okay. Are you, wait, are you trying? Are you conspiracy theorizing they right now? They probably had a whole bunch of different kind of setups. They had different mics. They had... You do all this different kind of stuff that WWE helped them out with that they weren't used to using... And it kind of, I'm not saying that they sabotaged them on purpose. I'm saying saying. that it it was, it was not up to what they were used to. And they just, it was a new experience. It was a new experience. were bound to happen. Yeah. And I, and if that was the case, then I feel like they were few and far between then. So I feel like they did good. The mics didn't start picking up. They did awful. The mics didn't start getting picked up by the actual TV cameras until Van Damme's promo at the end of their match. Um, I see where you're going with I I mean, okay, maybe you're not saying sabotage. Right. But I will also say that... I'll stop short and saying sabotage. But for Hardcore Heaven 97, their second pay-per-view, they hired an outside film company to produce their show. And weren't there also issues there, too? It was one of the worst (laughs) produced ECW events there ever were. Uh And it's crazy to me because when you go back and watch, um, let's say, Wrestlepalooza 97, Cyber Slam 96... These shows that are produced in-house by ECW are perfect. Right. And now there is something to be said that these aren't live events, live to air, but still, they were capable of it. Right. I think they got caught up in the moment and they trying tried to make to it perfect. They tried to be too big for what they like they they felt like they had to, like this is pay-per-view, and we got to go all out. To put it into perspective the time frame going on here, it uh, the week before was WrestleMania 13. One week before Right. So and was was the week was that raw the go home for WrestleMania 13 was that the ECW mm. or was it the no was there the was raw another after. episode in between because that raw was at the Manhattan Center right yes. and that was in February and this show was until April and they also okay. did 
they also did like the debate with Lawler and stuff okay. like that. I was at one of those shows. You're right because Raw is War. Right, the debut the we just talked yeah. about. Right, is in March and then April. So right. they were all building up. There was like two months of promotion on WWE's Which part. Which was amazing. Now I've I've heard two different figures as far as buy rates go. I've heard forty four thousand buys. And I've heard 110,000 buys. So right after we watched... Well, after we. After I watched Barely Legal last night, because I watched it last night, I wanted to freshen my mind. I watched the the network just produce the authentic untold story of ECW. Right, that was... Um, yeah, they, they, I wish they did more with it, but they did tout the over 100,000 buys okay. on there. Good. And I'm not saying that's the legit number, but I'm just saying that's what they I said. I will say Bruce Pritchard... Said forty four thousand on. His okay, so podcast. I've I've heard, and that's not where I. That's actually not where I got that figure. So Bruce Pritchard claimed it was forty four thousand. I don't. I mean, we can't I know say for sure. nobody can really. Forty four thousand seems to make more sense to me because the hundred and ten thousand is what actual like WWE and WCW yes. buy rates were at the time, which. As I, as, it, I would lo- much as I would love for it to be that high, I just don't think it was. Even if it was 50,000 buys, it was enough buys to get viewers' choice. Yeah. To, to get them TV. to continue, yeah. Right, exactly. I want to say that... Uh, for 20 bucks a pop, that's what? That's f- f- At the 44, it's I want to say Paul uh, $50,000 for viewers' choice to keep going, but with the 44,000, they thought there was room to grow, so Good. they continued. So That's f- what Bruce Pritchard was saying on his podcast. Oh, did he do it? In, he just did the ECW. It wasn't about barely legal, right? He just no. Talked it was about it was ECW. yeah. It was the build up <clears throat> to the ECW invasion and whatnot. All right, so, so the we have match. the we we have the issues and the first well the first first wrestlers seen on pay per view for ECW are the Dudleys. The d- 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 Dudley boys. Guys, so today, Junior. Uh, can we? Can do you think we can name all the Dudleys? Okay, let's go around in a circle. There's ten. Okay, let's go around in a circle and see name uh, Dudley. Bubba Ray. Big Dick. Spike. Sign Guy. Devon. Mai Tai Dudley. No. No? (laughs) No. Yeah, he's the Hawaiian Dudley. No. Uh, Dances with Dudley. Dances with Dudley. Dudley Dudley. Um, We didn't say Spike yet. Yes, you did. You did? Did we say? Yes. yes. What do we have? What do we have? Eight. We're, uh, we have seven. Three left. Did we say Big Dick? Yes. Yep. No, we didn't. No, we didn't. Yes, I did. Yes, he did. Um. Does Stacy do actually count? do you actually have the list of how many there are? Or are you just saying? No, Mikey uh, said there was ten. Uh, no. Oh, so we don't actually have an answer for this. There's not Dudley. Yes, that's there's Chubby Dudley. Oh, yes. Chubby, yeah. One then, more. Uh, One more. One, the elusive Dudley. Daddy Dudley. Oh, well, big, yeah. Big Daddy Dudley. Great way to dig us out of that one. Woo, good job. Fantastic. Um, one thing I noticed with the Dudleys coming out and the audio issues, the one thing I really remembered about this match, listening to it, is I can hear you hear, uh, clearly hear one fan on tape. Hi, Josh! Yeah, yep, and yep. I, I, I actually watched my version uh, with subtitles, and that was actually <laughs> written on there. <laughs> That's how close the guy was to it, the microphone. You can hear that guy all night. He'll just be like, Eric Bishop sucks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, uh, so, so what's we, our favorite spot of this match? Wait, let me, we haven't even talked about the match yet. Let me, oh, we um, have to talk about the match, too? Yeah. I mean, right. we don't. I mean, here's here's where I. 
We don't have to like go through move right. for move. Here's the thing, okay. and I know Mikey said that he looked upon this fondly. I had a real hard time watching this. <laughs> the show, <laughs> the match, the show. Okay. Um, well, we can get into why. But I just let's, here's the thing. I love. I feel DCW. like this is something you should be talking about at the end. Okay. Right. Just a thought. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay. So the Dudleys versus the Eliminators. It's uh, a spot fest. It's no. Here's what. Fucking, in a, in a, at this point, the Dudleys, the Dudleys were the only heels in ECW. Like the only guys who get legitimate heel. heat. Everyone hated. Yes, well, that's and not entirely Raven, true. Shane Douglas, people, Raven I mean, had his Raven had his fans. Yeah, as he said in his promo, that ten percent yep. that would stand up exactly. their arms and across. Raven's got his even fucking even fucking little Dick Shane Douglas has fans. Uh, Dick Shane I feel Douglas. like Shane Douglas is a strong that's heel. That's Sand Dicker. That's Sand Dicker. <laughs> yeah, nice callback. Call um, but I just love I I, I love the Dudleys and how. Oh, the Dudleys are amazing. But they had a little, a literal one-minute fucking heat in the very beginning, they and the rest of the match. They minute though. They did, but then the rest of that match was all the Eliminators getting their shit in, which really bums me out. Considering how quickly after this, the Eliminators were well, Perry was gone. Yeah, like they wanted to showcase the Eliminators, show everything that they could do, which was some amazing stuff. But then Saturn's off to WCW. Oh my God, Saturn was the fucking man. Sure, fuck was. And Cronus was fucking great too. He hit that picture perfect 450 in this match, and that was like for a big guy like that. And I, I watched Cronus in Mayhem Wrestling around here locally. Yep. Yeah. He did a lot of work for them after he stopped working. Because they're both New England guys. They're both Boston guys. Right. If I you remember, couldn't tell from Cronus's post-match talking to the camera. I remember, fuck. I remember seeing the Eliminators at indie shows before, like they were huge, and I was a big fan of the Eliminators, like from the very beginning. So, like, I love their fucking pink tights in this match. Mm-hmm. I love their badass fucking music, which I believe was WWE produced. But it was um, uh, it was actually Thunderkiss '65. No, was that not they, the music? That's what it was based off of. No, Thunderkiss '65 was, was that the Pitbulls. They the had like some other, some other, uh, Rob Rob Zombie song. Um, Anyways, I, sorry, I wrote a few things down about this match. Please, um, please indulge. Normally, uh, I would consider this an indie show, just an indie show that was on pay per view. Yeah, okay. yeah. I hate wrestling shows, or even all wrestling shows, TV shows, whatever that start with a promo. But the fact that this was like their first pay-per-view and they had so many different people watching, I really enjoyed that they opened with a heel promo with, like you said, probably the only real heels. Yeah, absolutely. And the fact that like it started so hot, it's like bump, like you never see the manager get bumped. Like at least, and that was the first right, thing. Right, they did. The first, first. first thing yep. that happens is he like, gets bumped. All rules of psychology would have yeah. the yeah. manager get bumped last, the, right? Which well, helps that there were two managers. There were two managers, and they, they did. They bumped it both ways. How uh, brilliant! So. One Anthony, thing you wanted to mention about Anthony bringing up the mic work on this, and just in general, there was way too much mic work on this show. Yes, I also had that. Really like the, in the first three matches, everybody had a promo, and it just talk about killing the flow. Like one of the great things I think we take for granted with WWE is how amazing their video packages are and how they really put things together. Mm-hmm. If there's one thing I wish ECW had kind of stolen from WWE maybe in the build-up is a couple of video packages before their big matches. I, I will say that this show had the best Stevie Richards promo I've ever heard in my life. Mm. For sure. Um, saying saying what you said, Anthony, I still think this is this was the best match to open the show. 
Oh, it, for sure. Um, one thing I really liked is you said that they only did like a minute of heat on the Illuminators. They got all their heat in that promo. They literally yeah, needed true. nothing. They never hit. They, they, they never hit started, the 3D though. They ever. Started they the teased match. it in the beginning. They teased it. They they teased it at the end, and they never hit I it. I loved the tease of the 3D. I thought that was great. But that's why. I, and that's why I. I. I and that's why I will defend this match because what just happened? Was that me? You just made love to that microphone. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just you know. It's just You're high as fuck. That's what you are. <laughs> this is the high plug. I, I feel like that match. Uh, Paulie was like, uh, "Eliminators, go in there, get get, your hit your greatest hits, and get the fuck out." And they did. Well, uh, they sure did. Bubba Ray was coming off of a broken ankle here, so he wasn't 100% healed, mm. so they just wanted to... No, he was 100% healed. <laughs> Ba-da-ba. Well, he did a lot for having a fucking broken no ankle. Shit. And the fucking Eliminators did... Like, I feel like they did everything, everything they could think of. Like, and new stuff. Like, I, like, like, there's new stuff that shit. would blow me away if I saw it now. Yeah. They were just, and that's how good they were. And they were doing it so perfectly. Saturn? You could tell Saturn kind of getting a little irritated at Cronus. Oh, he was, he was just directing traffic. Now, now do the fucking Ninjaguri. Yeah, there was no subtlety in this <laughs> no. match. They did a double twist of bliss. Like the Alexa uh, Bliss finish, like the cartwheel off the top. Dude, that was insanity. That's, um, I mean, I'll say it right now. That was my favorite spot of the match. That was your, okay, let's, let's talk about spots yeah. of the match. Um, double twisting stereo yeah. splashes. Yes. My favorite spot of the match was Saturn's double springboard top rope lion salt. Yeah, my that Dude. the double jump moonsault is also my spot of the match. Yeah. He jumped with one foot on one rope and then springboarded up to the top rope and hit an Asahi moonsault. Of a, of the opposite side. Like yes, yes. Rope, he went from one side to the other and did a backflip. He was and that's not even scraping the surface of the other Saturn things that happened in this match. Man. And Coronas, who was fat. John Coronas. Was alive. And <laughs> a, a quick side note, I really appreciated every single pun Joey Styles made on commentary from the stratosphere. Yes, yes. Yeah, every single time. Yes. Fucking Saturn and Coronas. By the way, uh, Saturn was the Greek god of war, and Coronas was the Roman god of war. Oh, so that's where their love names it. came from. They love were it. originally called the Harvesters of Sorrow. Love it. But, uh, JC, what is your spot? Um, I'm gonna, I already mentioned it earlier, but I loved Cronus's, uh 450 splash. Okay. It was picture perfect. Um, it was really showed his agility for being a big man. Yeah. Um, I... I loved it. As did the space flying Coronas drop. Yes. Where he did a, a cartwheel and oh. then a flip over the top rope. So good. And the great Muta elbow that he threw in there. They were just doing things that they shouldn't have been doing. I mean, I would also say, I mean, and it's post-match, so I guess it doesn't count, but if we're really saying spot is what Gertner did at the end, um, <laughs> oh. the, the perfect heel promo, giving yes. the victory from, what, 87 to 83? Yeah. Yes. By his point like, system. The Dudley Boys it, win. Such a brilliant... So brilliant. smart and so dumb. It reminded me of young J.C. Mark. <laughs> and, I mean, I stole everything from Gertner, so that makes sense. <laughs> um, and he I honestly looks, think he, he took the best total elimination of the he, match. He yeah, looks terrified when he's like, he's waiting <laughs> for it. He's like, uh, like a he's young still JC selling. Yeah. He's still selling. He's, he's terrified. the man. I have that written that he, Gertner's the man. Gertner has always been great. Always, always, been always entertaining to watch. Who Mike Pave has worked with. Yeah. Once. For like a second. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it still counts. Um, 
Uh, right. Do you guys remember that the uh, ECW tag titles at this time were just replicas of the, the IC inter- belt? Yes, yeah. which is why I love them. Because they were the great. classic yeah. intercontinental title design. Fantastic. Um, I believe this show was the debut of the new, because there was a new uh, heavyweight title too, right? That I'm not too sure of. I have to check because I noticed in some of the video packages with the old, it looked like an older belt, and I think the belt that Raven had might have been a newer version, but I, I'm not sure. It, it, was. it wasn't the newest. Like, not the, not the, the class. It, it wasn't the Mike know. Awesome one. Right. It was the, the in-between of the two. It had yeah. the new but it was ECW, a new, it was it a new, new ECW logo on it. Also, the television yes. title was just a replica of the Winged Eagle title, right? <laughs> which <laughs> I also loved. Yeah. yeah. Well, because wasn't didn't Reggie Parks do those belts? Yeah, Reggie so Parks. Is that's great. why they all. He probably had like one mold. So like, yeah, it was just a logo. Whatever. You're getting the IC. <laughs> so uh, match number two is match the preface. How about the, the winners? We, we didn't officially realize. Oh yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. The Eliminators squash the Dudley Boys. Tag team title. Wins. That's like a ten minute squash, yeah. by the way. Oh no, six minutes eleven seconds. Felt like ten. It felt <laughs> like forever. That's it. New tag team champions. Three time tag champs, baby. The Coronas and the Sad. The Eliminators. Cool. Uh, um, the second match is prefaced by a Chris Candido oh, promo. Man, Fuck. do I fucking miss that motherfucker? And I'm bummed out we were robbed of a Landstorm. Uh, I have that written down here too. I would have much rather seen Lance versus Candido. Yeah, I wrote that down also. How bullshit it is. Candido's amazing, but you gotta admit he rambled on a little bit. Uh, but. I got missed I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it. No directions. I'm so okay with it, man. I don't understand. The, all the promos felt like a first day of TV <laughs> rather than a first pay per view. I feel like it was just Paulie giving him something to be like, hey, like instead of just coming out at the main event, spoiler alert. Um, and they got over what he looked like. Yeah, let's give. Let's we'll give you a little fucking. Can we talk about how amazing 1997 wardrobes are? <laughs> I loved Candido's outfit. Was it all fanny pack? No, didn't he have the fanny pack? Didn't he have like the, the, the tight jeans with the, the boots over the jeans? Like, mm, everything about it just screams 90s. Arm in a sling. Oh, I just love so it. So 90s. Like, I gotta go to Seattle, Washington right after this <laughs> and get some coffee. Um, so instead of Candido and, and uh, Storm, we get... Rand- Rob Lance Van Dam and Storm. And Chris Candido is the only guy where you'd be like, oh, fuck, Rob Van Dam's replacing <laughs> him. <laughs> Uh, so Lance Storm as a baby face and Rob Van Dam as heel feels off to me as, as a guy watching wrestling. The dynamics but of this entire show, this match was a great encapsulation of it, is just weird. Because I feel like Paul wanted certain things. He wants this guy out there as a baby to set up later in the night a turn or whatever else or whatever's going to happen. But like... Things just didn't add up because the fans are going to cheer who the fans want to cheer in ECW. And they would be so great about playing into that. But I feel like they were going against the grain at Barely Legal. Like They were trying way too hard to present it as something not natural. And that hurt the flow of some of these matches. Um, Can I just say, fun fact, on this program... Chris Candido versus Landstorm, nor RVD versus Landstorm is even featured, Ooh. but every other match is. Interesting. Oh, that is weird. Last minute edition, or it was a last minute edition. If you ever listen to one of Rob Van Dam's shoots about it, because he was pissed about not being included in the first pay per view. I mean, <laughs> that—that's his promo yeah, at can't, the end. I can't blame him for not being upset about that. He's... And, I mean, we talked about the WWE participation with ECW. But how fucking cool is Mr. Monday Night? Yeah. Like, everything yeah. about him... And I remember when he And this is the start up, of it. Right. 
And then when he eventually showed up on that Monday Night Raw wrestling flash funk, like, it was just so, like, it was... It was surreal. It was great. And this really was the beginning of it. I just wish there was a, a tighter so, match involved. I'm just so happy that fight, like, they actually did it because... By calling yourself Mr. Monday Night and never actually being on the show kind of really was like... Yeah, it's like calling yourself... One regret is I wish he would have found a way to fuck with Bischoff and show up on Nitro. Just like how Pillman was able to work everybody, I wish Van Damme could have worked something out without being under contract to show up on a Nitro, really sell things. Yeah, Almost like the best free agent kind of thing. Exactly, exactly. Um, This match on paper should be fantastic but it feels like they're kind of going in slow motion like uh, that's why I'm saying it was one I felt like it went too long <coughs> again that's the theme for, for this show match went out 10 minutes 10 seconds felt longer it, yeah <laughs> like really it, if you think this match felt longer wait till oh, we no, fucking I, strap in uh, yeah I know, Jesus fucking Christ but I, my notes were one during this match I mean I, I realized it during the tag team title match but the ring was mic'd so loud. Yeah. Yeah. And it was it almost so loud that it would echo when you, it, it it would sound that it was off at certain points. So even if the um, fans were loud as shit, you couldn't hear them because the ring, ring was, was overpowered. Can we talk about Lance Storm's amazing blonde rat tail? <laughs> yes. All about the rat so tail. So fucking good. Um I felt bad for poor Bill Apter who he got, got shoved, shoved out of the way. <laughs> I should have been number one in the PWI 500. See, I actually wrote down here, I remember not thinking much of this match at the time, but not not minding it 20 years later. Um, like Everything, like Lance Storm... Besides leaped, the end? Lance Storm leaping to the top rope and doing that back elbow was fucking phenomenal. Beautiful. But like, it felt like neither guy was 100% sure. Like, maybe they were calling it in the ring and they yeah. didn't want to commit to... I mean, I can understand. I, I mean, I, I bet that's probably what happened. Van Damme was like, fuck it, we'll just call it in the ring. I'm not a second string whatever. Yeah. And, like, we'll just fuck it, see how it goes. Um, not, not not that he was trying to sabotage yeah. anything. Lance but. Storm had a reverse power slam. And yes. he fucking... On the chair. Yes, he oh murdered. Oh, my God, that was murder. He dropped him right on his forehead. And, yeah. I when, I, good. when I talk about against the grain, I also wrote down how fucking stupid the rope break was um, they're, they're in the submission hold I think it was Van Damme grabs the ropes was that after the, 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 the roll through crab Boston it might have been it might have oh, been yeah, but I just wrote leave. rope break is fucking stupid even Styles is calling it like he's grabbing the ropes like who gives a fuck? It's ECW. You're no, being the shadow of the chairs. Yeah, but like, but ECW, there's still rules. There's still rules. I, I, no. like, uh, well, yes. Uh, yes, the be, ropes would break a pinfall or something. Be, you know? I mean, it, they broke it when they needed to break it and let it go, when they, which, just, which I have I, later on as well, which we'll get to again later on. I, but I just, I just one of those ECW things that wasn't takes always me out of the extreme moment. rules to I remember, me. Like, I remember, but here's the thing. So if you want to play it that way, because they did that, um, they started to boo Lance Storm when he used the chair. Like, he was wrestling the entire yeah, match, and they so were... So did I. I was just in my well, house. Well, they booed him they were very tame t- chair shots. <laughs> tame is the biggest I'm understatement. I'm very nice when I say that. Landstorm is an amazing wrestler. He should never touch a weapon. Here's the thing. If you're, if you're thinking about it, it's ECW, and you're going extreme, and you're going crazy, follow through on that. Well, Don't then go for a rope break and be like, gotta break the hole. Yeah, but it was only... It was only... Landstorm is delivering a chair shot like I would if I saw a guy not lifting his hands. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but it would, it would lead into the finish. That actually goes into my 
favorite moment of the match. Okay. Um, I don't think it happened on purpose. Yeah. But my favorite part of the match is Storm hits two incredibly weak chair shots, which immediately follows RVD just throwing a chair and blasting yeah. out oh, Van yeah. Damme. No, no, no. no. That was, no, that no, was no, followed by separate. the Van Damme-inator. I wrote down I have the brutalest <laughs> chair shot he'd ever seen. I have it. So Van Damme whips fucking Landstorm into the corner. He takes like a hard buckle and comes out with it and fucking Storm holds the flat of the chair and just tosses it at his face. Van Damme and throws it, the chair. Van, Van Damme throws it at Landstorm's face and it bounces off. It is. It makes bump. a great noise. It he doesn't even put amazing. his hands up. Yes. That was... That's my favorite spot of the match. I want, I'm looking at my notes. Uh, I'm pretty sure I also put that down. Yep. Yeah, chair thrown in face. Yeah. Favorite spot amazing. of the match. Mine was Van Daminator. Okay. Because okay. the crowd went bananas but for it. That completely made perfect missed sense. It. That spot made... No, I loved that because it was two weak shots. The crowd booing. Landstorm looking around like, what the fuck? Right. He oh, stands I, up with the chair again, kicking the face. I thought right. that was very smart. But, I mean, it, and Van Daminator was the finish, right? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So well, he does Van Daminator and then a moonsault. Was that your favorite spot? My favorite yeah. spot wasn't the finish, it was the... the throw in the, the face. Throw in the chair. Just throw the, the face. Sabu. Yeah. AG's was the Van Damme. What was yours? My favorite spot of the match was at the beginning when Lance Storm came out and slapped Chris Candido on his bad arm. <laughs> <laughs> you get him, buddy! Yeah! Slaps him right at his bad arm. <laughs> like, <laughs> and then Chris Candido walked away going, Tech has a real impact player. Um, <laughs> by the way, in this match, Van Damme slips on a springboard, giving us oh. our first You Fucked Up chance on oh. paper. Yeah, yeah. They, uh, the fans were brutal, and they were just oh, man. frothing at the mouth. The well, here's, here's, here, was their, here was their roller coaster of emotions. Booing the shit out of Landstorm for the weak chair <laughs> shots. Then Van Damme hits the, hit the Van Daminator. Everybody cheers. Then fucking Van Damme shits on them, and then they boo the fuck out. Get the fuck out. Get the fuck out. Like, I'm now worth more money. Here and I'm worth more money elsewhere. And I Boom. love to work Monday. That came later. Great. Oh, that was, oh, that, that was the spoiler alert. Well, you know, AG, I love having you here, but we should have really had your uncle Derek on this episode, yeah, <laughs> so he could have given true. us his live uh, experience. He'll be so mad. Um, um, he's got to listen to the show now. You got to make him. The moment where they turned, the crowd turned on him, reminded me of another moment within the next match. The, uh, can we get on Let's move go. on to the, yeah, the six man tag match All right. between Great Sasuke Gran Hamada and Gran Naniwa versus Taka Michinoku Dick Togo and Terry Boy this is the Michinoku Pro International six yes. man tag the match the BWO Japan versus Michinoku Pro yes. however Gran Naniwa is replaced by Masato Yakashiji the the elf guy yes the green ranger green ranger that's what that's what, yeah. that's what the, <laughs> uh, that's a medium power ranger chant for him now that it's 1997. Guy, that's really yeah. relevant at the time. That guy hits some pretty mean arm drags, and then he fucking makes the old mistake of fucking showboating. He runs up, does a backflip off the second, and he fucks up. He fucking lands on his heels, stumbles back, and the crowd just... And it doesn't matter. No matter what he does for the rest of this fucking match, they fucking hate him. Yeah. <laughs> um, one of the things I wrote down about this match, again, going against the grain, not following through on what the crowd's really reacting to. Why... Is Kai and Tai DX wrestling in BWO shirts and the heels of the match? Yes. Like they're they're acting like dickheads. They're doing all this shit, 
But you're wearing BWO shirts. Like yeah, it just getting it, over, yeah. But the BWOs were heel. Mm, by that point, no. Stevie had broken away from Raven. Yeah, but they still like acted as heels. It was ECW. Everyone did. Mm, I I gotta disagree with you on that. Being in that moment and being one of those marks that immediately went out and bought a BWO shirt. I like, think it made them heels in in Michinoku Pro. I f- and they carried over to... I honestly think it was just done for the fucking joke it was, it of sure, NWO it was. Japan. I don't disagree with right. it, but it's a joke that you're on pay-per-view and you're trying to get this match over. These guys... It just It's one of those things that takes you out of it and it took me I out mean, of it. I mean, a video, little video package showing them doing the turn maybe would have been nice. Maybe that would have helped you a little bit better. I just... It's one of those things where it's not even for me. It's for the... Like, the crowd wants to cheer them or whatever else because they were in BWO outfits... But they're they're not acting like babies. But, they're they're, not, but the crowd's still gonna cheer for them, even if they're doing it's fucking just, shit. It's, anyways, it's, it's not it's not listening to. I just it's just my opinion. That's just I how mean, I feel about I, it. I just think that, like as you said before, the crowd's gonna cheer what the crowd wants to cheer for. It doesn't but matter. But ECW what used to be so good about playing into that, yeah. and they're going against it here on pay per view. I That's, didn't, I didn't see either team as the heel or babyface. Personally, um, I felt it, I, I felt like, that because there, there, there was no there was no there was no heat in the match. No, yeah, you're right. There wasn't, but regularly, no showboating. I've I've seen these. I saw these guys wrestle um, previously before oh, the pay per view, <laughs> and had much better matches not on TV than sure. I I, I bet they did. I um, love great Sasuke. I like Taka. I mean, they're great. Can I just say fucking? Um, uh, Grand Hamada is the fucking shit. He was forty-seven yeah. years old, and he is amazing. And he was—he was just fucking throwing. The, it was great. He was awesome. Um, literally in my notes, Grand Hamada exclamation point exclamation point <laughs> exclamation point looks seventy years old, but can probably hold up with the lightweights with what the lightweights do now. Right now, yeah. yes. Yeah. He, uh, I'm, I'm so I'm, fluid. With he actually he did. had my fucking. Spot of the of the of the match, where he uh, runs up in the corner. Hold on, let me give the fucking. I I wrote it down so I wouldn't forget this. Uh, there was a. He did the moonsault. Yep. And then Taka turns around right into the armbar, and then Teo came that in. That armbar was so fucking How amazing. Tight. It was a snap armbar. Yeah. And then Teo came in, attacked him, went for the back body drop. He lands on his feet. Amazing. <laughs> Teo grabs him from behind. After like the shortest back body drop yes. like, ever. It was very... Just, just lifts, just flips over yep. right to his feet, gets grabbed from behind. He moves out of the way. Taka gets bumped, turn around right into another snap arm bar. Looked amazing. I thought this match, I mean, until it broke down at the end, you're right, there was no heat, but it was all action. And it was really good action. Things started to fall yeah. apart near the end. Well, yeah, I definitely, you. I totally agree with that. It's fun to watch... But the the no selling of that kind of style just drives me crazy. Uh, in my notes, I literally wrote, "There was never really a flow, just a bunch of stuff." Yep. But it was awesome stuff. Yeah. I I wrote down. And after, that's what it was booked as. I literally wrote down that after a point, promoted. match starts to break down. That's it. Just <laughs> broke down at the end. Um, I'll say that my spot of the match, I had two that I really liked. They were simple moves, but I really liked them. I loved the hip toss into a DDT. <laughs> um, for that move, I wrote down. Uh, how long before AG steals Tato's <laughs> DDT counter? And uh, 
Sorry, Tommy Dreamer beat you to the punch. Damn it. <laughs> and I was also a big fan of the Choke Slam Powerbomb. Yeah, Miracle Ecstasy. Yeah. 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 So, um, um, also the top rope atomic drop. Yes, yes, like, yes. So, I mean, I, I did. I really did enjoy this match. I think I would have enjoyed it more if it if it just played a little bit better into the crowd. BWO did a great job hitting uh, three-man moves, which really, I uh, in three-man matches, you'll see people hit double-team moves. They were hitting sequences with three guys. The spinebuster, camel clutch, dropkick to the face, where each man's hitting a different thing. And the, that, the, Take notes for Ring of Thrones. The double kick to the knee, double bulldog, yes. uh, upside-down drop and kick. And that plays into my favorite match, uh, uh, my favorite spot of the match, which would be their three-man pose. Yes. I did write that down as yes. well. Um, I actually awesome. I actually wrote down in theory my favorite spot of the match was when they double hip tossed him into a power bomb and then they went for it again. Oh. If he went up correctly for that power bomb mm. and he blasted back, knocked the other guys out into the that would have been awesome. It would have been a phenomenal spot. That's but, where things really started to break down. But yeah, I have uh, two spots. I have an honorable mention, which is uh, Terry Boy Men's Teo. And uh, Sasuke, they run a really awesome like back and forth yes. spot in the middle with the crossbody. And it was like a, I think was it a moon? Yeah, it was, it was a, a it was a cartwheel crossbody. Cross yeah. I said it, it reminded me a lot of like Jerry Lynn and RVD before yes. they would do, but just really really the, clean sequences. And then my actual favorite spot, uh, I know you guys said it broke down. I really enjoyed the false finishes between Taka and Sasuke at the end. Like the I, actual I, I finish did, was great. Yeah. I did on every finish. Yeah, like, when it was just those two in the ring, and uh, the Green Ranger came in, Yaka Shiji came in at one point, broke up a pin. Yeah, like, oh, this is it. They're gonna do nope, shit can. Here's another false. <laughs> yeah, I, I like that too. Uh, you, <laughs> uh, Terry Boy, real quick, uh, Joey Styles, I love you to death. But every time having to also let us know that he's also known as Terry Boy. Yeah. Like, it was like, like, we got it. He's a big fan of Terry Funk, did you know? Uh, no, no, I heard that. I heard that somewhere. Not sure where. Um, great Sasuke gets the win for his team with a Tiger Suplex over Takamichi Noku at 16 minutes, 55 seconds. Yes. Now, if that had been down to 10 minutes, it would have been perfect. perfect. I would have said give them 13. Yeah. Um, how, how crazy is it, like, Sasuke was supposed to be the guy. Yeah, and he was supposed Taka, to be Taka's Taka, And Taka was supposed to be the guy to do the job for, you know, to, to do the and job And then Sasuke for said he wasn't dropping the cruiser, the light heavyweight belt now Taka, in America. Yeah. He would only drop it in Japan. Taka, Taka was more of a star, I'd say. I in feel America. still... Yeah, definitely yeah, America. I mean, yeah, absolutely. He's a Japanese legend, Sasuke is. Of course. But, not, not, definitely not. But... Um, Grand Hamada, 47 seven here. in that match. Uh, Taka Michinoku, 23. Wow. wow, that's so crazy, and it's and Grand Hamada kept up. He kept up with anyone. He kept up with everything. He was a star of the whole show, in my opinion. So next was a Stevie Richards promo, and you said it was the best Stevie Richards promo you've ever heard. Yes, absolutely. I think Stevie killed it, even though they were playing the music over the promo, which I think hurt it. Right before, it was probably probably about a month before this. I think ECW was in Waltham. And MTE and I went to the show, and I think they did Raven versus Richards. And holy shit, that was the night that I bought my BWO shirt. That's the night that I really jumped on the bandwagon. But the reactions for Stevie Richards, I, I wrote a couple of notes, and we'll talk about it when we get to the three way dance. But fuck, man, Stevie was. I feel like on Stevie fire. was a last. I feel like Stevie was never meant to be 
in this big of a spot. Should have fucking but, rode that wave, but man. But fuck, man, they they he was he was he was getting those kind of reactions. And unfortunately, Stevie's another one that was gone in three months off to WCW. So that's that's kind of a sad note to because especially because like. Four months later, he was back in ECW. Yeah, right. right. I do like how they were doing promos from all three guys in the Triple Threat throughout yeah. the show. Yeah, I thought that was smart. And instead of doing one for Terry Funk, Raven got a promo. Because mm-hmm. Terry Funk didn't cut one, right? Yeah. Right. So they just instead had Raven cut one. But I actually I, wrote that down. I was like, where the fuck is Funk's promo? I, I One thing about Raven's promo is, I understand it was instead of Funk's, but... I feel like him cutting the promo made it sound like it was definitely going to be him and Funk. It would have been much better if it was Dreamer cutting a promo. I'd agree with for that. For Funk. Because it tell the story that Tommy gave up his slot in the match. Oh. Because this three... That's another thing we'll talk about. We'll get to that. Yeah, okay. All right, so let's get to the ECW World Television title oh. match. Okay. okay. Be- the match... This is a match that needed a promo beforehand. Well, sure fucking did. By the end, it's like... Wait, what the, the fuck amount is of happening? shit that's going on in this match? Well, it's great when Shane's cutting his promo and you have to do flashbacks to what's going on, <laughs> like previously on ECW, and it flashes back to the the Pitbull incident to the turn. Like, dude, oh that, by the way, Gary that, Wolf is in the crowd all night, and Great Sasuke almost killed him with the moonsault that he did into the crowd. Awesome. He landed right next to him. I didn't notice that. I also love that Joey Sounds is like. Gary Wolf bought a ticket in the front row. <laughs> like, would... You're so pathetic. <laughs> I wrote that down. <laughs> that you listen. couldn't even be welcomed into the locker listen. room. Listen. What? This fucking... Fucking... He shook his goddamn halo. I know! That was fucking insane. I watched it! And then, and then you got the other shit going on with fucking Rude. Okay, so here's the thing. I wrote... So, when when I started watching this again last night, what in the my fuck mind, was wrong with Rude's face? What did I miss? Because Joey Styles was like, it, it must be Rick Rude. No, and more importantly, what does his face look like? Because he was he because was there a fireball angle? No, <laughs> because leading up to this, like he was in a he mask. was coming out and he would always have a mask on. But he was in Rick Rude's fucking voice. But it was Rick. Everybody knew it was Rick Rude wearing just a Cosby like the mask man. He was always wearing. <laughs> 1997 <laughs> wardrobe. However, Rick Rude, however, was always also wearing a Cosby sweater. <laughs> <laughs> the Masked Man. Holy shit. Yeah, man. It's, there it is. It's this in the program as the Masked Man. We need to take a picture of that and put that on oh, 3 oh, If you guys didn't know, Terry Boy is a huge fan of Terry <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my God. But oh my God. Every, it was the worst kept secret in ECW. But that was, that you that knew. was the gimmick. Yes, of yeah. course. But, so, okay. It was the Mr. America of its time. Yes. When when I watched the show last night, in my mind, I had a vision of 20 years ago. And I had a vision that this was my match of the night. And I'm going to tell you why. Because when Shane Douglas came out there with Francine, it been. fucking Francine, gorgeous, Shane Douglas in the prime of his career. Gorgeous until you see all the bruises on her legs. <laughs> well, sure. Okay, fine. <laughs> But and and also unless you look at her face, the storyline, the Halo incident, one of the craziest things I'd ever seen on ECW. The heat. This should have been five minutes tops. It should have been Pitbull on top nonstop. Pitbull it should have won this fucking match. I'm fine with him not winning because it, if it leads to the blow off <laughs> after. But it's it's just this should have been 
This should have been all fucking set up. I I love the hmm. I love when he's ran in, grabbed his fucking neck, and just started wrenching. That's fucking great. The crowd was chanting, "Break his neck and shit." Fucking you say great. you say fucking it should have went five minutes. How fucking long did this match go? Uh, twenty five minutes. Twenty. Twenty minutes. Forty four. Twenty seconds. minutes. Felt like twenty five. <laughs> <laughs> um, Fuck man. There was a there's something I noticed in this match, and I'll bring up the rest of my point in the next match. But uh, Pitbull is doing chain wrestling. Which makes... Grudge match! But Pitbull never did chain wrestling anyway. So it seems like he's doing it just for the the sake of doing it. Just like, look what I can do. I'm gonna show you what I can do. Pitbull number two. Like, I do that kind of shit. Like, I can badly chain wrestle too, guys. Like... This fucking match! You're supposed to kill him. In my head, and thinking back to the Masked Man angle, and Mm. thinking back to the Pitbull angle... All these things that I'm like, this is it. This is my match of the night. Right. This is gonna. This was it what it was have all building up to. It should have been. And it was 22 minutes of fucking hell of just boring chain wrestling, <laughs> like and the fucking the fucking finish, <laughs> which part of it is my spot of the night. But the fucking finish. <laughs> spot of the match. Spot, spot of the, the match. Night. Excuse me. So fucking. Pitbull, can we get into it? Yeah, just get into it. Pitbull fucking finds the chain that Shane's been fucking. I also hate how Shane Douglas hides the like again the referee thing like behind the referee's back. Let me get the chain. You're an EC fucking W. But 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 here's what I like. Here's what I like. What happens? Fucking Pitbull finds the chain. Fucking referee looks at him and he goes, Yeah. Fucking hit him with it. Yeah, like, yeah, I don't yeah, give a fuck. Like, Jim go Molino. ahead. Yes. So he fucking, boom. And he, he fucking hits Douglas. Candido comes up and does my favorite spot of the, the match. His JJ fucking J.J. Dillon. J.J. Dillon bump. And he's fucking bipping people. She, fucking Francine looks like she's going to come in. And he takes a swing he, at her. He fucking, she, she thinks better of it. And, and Shane Douglas just fucking pops Shane up. Shane rolls him up. He, like he one jumps two, up, doesn't fucking sell us. He just pops up. And then just out of nowhere hits him with the fucking belly to belly. One, two, three. In, Fuck, man. Shane Douglas pulls out these black brass knuckles and punches him, which he no-sells. Doesn't move. <laughs> Fuck. He punches him like three times. Pitbull ain't moving. <sighs> fucking hits him with a chair and I wrote down nothing can stop Pitbull and then my next note belly to belly suplex finish yeah. <laughs> so, gunshot to the head kick out my, belly to belly pin my, my few notes uh, to match yours I wrote Pitbull looked unbeatable yes he should have um, been also I wrote I liked this match for all the wrong reasons. Yes. This match, but, like, Douglas was a goddamn workhorse. Like, I, I tried have, his But he hardest. shouldn't have been. Why? Tried his hardest. Why would Shane Douglas do a fucking Hurricane Rana after the match before him? He did Fact. two. And it made... And, and, like, the fact that Pitbull wasn't constantly working over his head. Like, I'll... I did love uh, Douglas's back body drop into the table on the outside because, like, you would almost like you forget that the table's right there. So he does that backdrop. Of course, the shitty camera work misses the actual spot, we're, but it was cool in theory. Wait, which back body drop? Uh, uh, Pitbull back body drop. Shane Douglas I'm out of the, the ring, of the ring actually the through the timekeeper's that, table. That was not a back body drop. Because that is one of my honorable mentions. Was that uh, when he cross-bodied him? I, put I, him back down? I wrote it as uh, Pitbull's lazy fallaway type slam yes. into uh, the timekeeper's table. Yes. He, he just picked him up. Shane Douglas cross-bodied yeah. him. He caught him. He put him back down. 
picked a, after a discussion real fast, <laughs> picked him back up, and he kind of shit-canned him, yeah, over the top rope. Um, my spot of the match was the fuck-up of the guardrail <laughs> and trying to crotch him in the guardrail. He just kicks it over? Kicks it over. They go to the outside and redo the fucking spot live on pay-per-view. <laughs> Where nobody can see them on the floor. Um, also, my spot of the night was Douglas and Pitbull blowing the spot with the guardrail, so Douglas just drops it unsafely on him to the floor. Yeah, just yeah. fuck <laughs> you. Uh, fuck this man. But why not have... I mean, if you're going to have the shenanigans at the end, why not just have them fucking cause Shane to lose the fucking match? Like, holy fuck. Um, like, this big fucking storyline, all this heated shit going on. Because, did you not hear the commentary that wasn't mentioned beforehand, where if Shane Douglas wins, then the masked man unmasks? That was actually brought up on TV. But, like, everybody knows who it is. Do you? Because it wasn't him. Spoiler. Let's um, just talk about hold it. Hold on, guys. Mention my spot of the match. Oh yeah. Um, my spot of the match was uh, Shane Douglas just getting his balls destroyed in a series of moves where he got <laughs> dropped on the top rope, balls first, and then atomic dropped and atomic dropped over and over again until he was tossed over the ropes. Really glad he was working over that neck. Exactly. Just it makes. He, this match should have been everything, and it was nothing. And it also killed the crowd. Well, it killed the crowd, but luckily making up for it was Ravishing Rick Rude. Because the crowd came unglued. So then a... Oh, by the way, prior to this match, Shane Douglas was flanked by security, by Riot Squad. And uh, Gary Wolf jumped over the guardrail and started beating the shit out of Shane Douglas. And they pulled him away. The Riot Squad did. Yes. Just had to preface that. So I mean, the guy bought a ticket. <laughs> yeah, but... He, he jumped, jumped the rail. He should have been escorted out. Yeah, I, I mean, I'd agree with that. So Shane wins... Fucking Pitbull immediately, like, gets God. the fuck out of there. Fucking like, rolls, like, pushes himself out. Like, fuck this. Like, Booker T at WrestleMania 19. Yeah, pretty much. And then this this voice comes over the PA system. It's obviously Rick Rude. I'll take off the mask if you give me the girl. Or whatever. Because he had a yeah. fucking infatuate, infatuation loved with pussy. Francine. Yes, he loved girl. Whatever. So fucking... fucking of course he did. Of course. Seemingly Rick Rude comes out in the fucking That's his mask. Name. Seemingly, Seemingly Rick, Rick Rude. The Seemingly ravishing. <laughs> the fucking robe. It looks like if Rick Rude had rickets, his neck was all twisted. Rickets Rude. Rickets Rude. His neck was all twisted to the side. And his junk. Hey guys, good to see you. Yeah. And uh, wearing the simply ravishing robe, and and Joey Styles is putting it over like that's him. That's we know he's even wearing the robe. So it's gonna be him. So, Shane Douglas fucking unmasked. No, uh, him? nope. He kisses Francine. Right. Rude right. awakening to Francine. The kiss, not the, the kiss. neck breaker. Yes. <laughs> um, and like again, they Shane just lets it happen. Yeah. He just a, well, well, he lets it happen, so then he can fucking grab the whatever he hit him with and fucking. Was it the belt? He blasted with the, the belt. belt. Then fucking unmask. Holy shit! It's not even fucking Rick Rude. Who is it? What? Who is it? Prime time Brian Lee. For some reason. Because he's a member of the Triple Threat. Yeah, okay. I'm just saying. That's did they did they did they lead to that with like uh, was there was there any feuding going on between them before? No, he was they, the he's threat. literally just like I no, I get that, but like was there any reason for him to turn? But like was no. there any like tension? Mm, no. No. He was just he was in the triple threat. By the way, and then the EC dub 
chant, I never understood. Never understood why it was so like right that. Now? No, but like it took me a while because to me, being in the crowd, like I was, I was saying W, like I was saying boo words. Everybody was saying like <laughs> I was saying, w. I was saying dub. But now that you can. But now, now that I could like hear and understand, like after, Wait, like, so all the like twenty not, years no, later. Not like now I'm saying, but it took a long time. Like you realize. It took like, a long time oh. for me to realize, like, why the U is silent? Because <laughs> when you're in the crowd, you don't hear it that way, and you when you're I saying it, you. when you're chanting it, just saying ECW. Nobody, you didn't say dub, yes. did you? Yes, That's I did. The stupidest Dude, thing I'm I've ever heard. MTE up right That's, now. I believe you, gonna, but it's. The stupidest thing I've ever heard. It's the stupidest thing you've Why ever heard. Why would you do that? Because that was the. That no, was the it wasn't. That was what people made fun PC of the dub, fans PC for. Dub. No, no, that's what people made fun of the fans for. It wasn't what was actually Who being made said. Made fun of the fans for that. That was like, oh, EC Dub, like that. It's like a condescending thing. Who said that? Was it? Was it Devin? Who the fuck? Is- <laughs> Devin. <laughs> Devin's not real, JC. Devin's real. His last name is Dudley. You and your imaginary Devin friends. Dudley. <laughs> Devin Dudley. I heard it. Did, did you hear it? Yeah. I'm so nudging Mikey in my elbow. As, uh, as Brian Lee is unmasked, the riot guard comes in. Yeah. And wait a second. That's not just a riot cop. It's Rick Rude. Huge pop. They, he would have got a bigger pop if he was in a Cosby sweater. Um, I love that he kicked Shane Douglas in the stomach, reared back with the stick. And then dropped it. Yeah, and then just punched him. <laughs> and then punched him in the face. So he can give him the primetime slam. Yeah. I didn't, maybe it's because hindsight and all that and realizing that Rude would be dead a few months later, but he did not look good. Like, he looked sick. Like, I mean, I understand he had a heart attack, but he just didn't look, like, I remember when I was watching it and I was just excited to see Rick Rude, like... Watching him last night, he just he didn't look well. Do you think that's why they had the mask? Maybe? No, that was for the gimmick. Yeah, but yeah. do you think like maybe he was like, oh, he doesn't look well. Let's do you think that's mask. why he said dub? And no, not the w? reason that, the reason they, they did the mask is so they could just pay Brian Lee to be under the mask and not Rick Rude. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he paid Brian Lee. <laughs> Good one. I love Brian Lee's impression of Rick Rude as he's coming out when we talked about yeah. like with the neck like that. Like, holy I shit. mean, I thought. I was convinced that that was Rick Rude. <laughs> like, I mean, 100%. I haven't watched that back in forever, but I was for sure that was Rick Rude. Imagine how cool this post-match angle would be if there was barely a match before it. Yeah. No shit, right? Like, we're gonna punish you for twenty minutes and then give you your dessert afterwards. Oh my god, right? And if you go by the um, Beyond the Mat, that they were really pushing things by the end of the night. Oh yes, they that were. Ten minutes would have been nice. <sighs> Go might be on the mat, and then watching it back. They had plenty of time. It's so bullshit. <laughs> Terry Funk is for like twenty minutes. Terry Funk is in the crowd. Well, they. I mean, I wrote this down. And we can get that to the three-way dance, but there were about eighteen minutes of entrances before the three-way dance. Oh, shit. Like, all right, let's 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 go on because we had a Raven promo next, and which is Whatever. funny because you can see a shadow go across Raven's face as somebody walked by backstage. Like. Ugh. Um, So we get Sabu versus Taz. We get a Taz promo after the Raven promo. I like the Taz promo because it added an aspect to Taz's character that I never knew before. He Um, says, I choke people up because I can, because I want to, and because Bill Alfonso puts his money on it. So Bill Alfonso's vote is putting his money on it going to be a submission for more money. I think that's really fucking smart. Which leads into... That kind of reminds me... um, 
if you remember a shitty reference, but uh, TNA Slammiversary in Boston. Yeah. I don't know that at all. Going into I was there. Bubba Ray, Del- Bully Ray versus Sting, he promised before the match, I'm going to beat you with a pile driver. So it's kind of like you're calling your shot right yeah. away. So I kind of like Did that. he do it? Uh, I think he kicked out of it, yeah. Nah. He kicked out of the pile driver. Or, or that time in that indie show where he said, I will not be powerbombed. Yeah. Like, yeah. And, then and then he wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Smart man. They list all the people choked out by Taz. You got Bamba Bigelow. You got Chris Jericho. You got Rob Van Dam. You got uh, Paul Varlins. And a legitimate MMA uh, fighter. Listening to Bill Alfonso like say all those names, it's like he had to like legitimately think of them. Like it wasn't a rehearsal. No, Jericho Scorpio. Because he would have ended with Scorpio. Look where he is now, Jericho. Paul Varlins was was a UFC fighter, heavyweight UFC fighter. And if you believe the rumor. And innuendo. God damn it. <laughs> um, Missy Hyatt said, hey, if you go out there and lose to Taz tonight, I'll fuck you. And then, after the loss, Paul Varlin goes up to Missy, and Missy goes, I don't fuck jobbers. And walked away. Which is really not true. She's fucked plenty of jobbers. Oh, yeah, just not that one. <laughs> fuck Jason Hervey. Yeah, good for her. So good for him. Yeah. Good for her. Do, do, do you mind yeah. if I start with this one, Michael? Go ahead. Oh, okay. Right. Oh, I, uh, go for it. I really love the opening, like face to face between. Like it kind of gave it that big fight feel, and the fact that like like Sabu and, and Taz would been. would not touch each other. Yeah. Finally, it happened. The fact that Sabu not for a lack of trying. Yeah. <laughs> They've been trying for years to do this match. Oh, I love the fact that he skipped his entrance. Like, yes, yeah, no, fuck the this. Ring. I'm I'm gonna kill you. So. I appreciate that because he was really cutting time off the interview. I probably needed. See, I love that, but the, then the match that followed didn't match up to what that was. One thing I wrote down regarding this match is: Do you think they watched Hart in Austin the week before to really get some inspiration? Like for what things? the fuck? Because like, there's knowing what the finish is and knowing what's to come. I feel like they really did try to play their card a little too early in what they were going for. Yeah, the week after, but the the greatest. Like, the brawls and the crap. Like, everything about that just screamed to me, like, low-rent heart in Austin. And we, which is... I didn't... Re- I did not realize that that's what they were going for. That's, I mean, maybe that's not what they were going for. No, because but, there was a turn that... Because fucking... Spoiler alert. Yeah. But no, but that's what I mean. So, I mean, I just... For me, watching it... it I just was like, holy shit, WrestleMania 13 just happened. But I, I disagree, and let me say what I, I was going to say from the previous match. Pitbull was doing chain wrestling, which seemed to be for the sake of chain wrestling. These guys also were supposedly legitimately hate each other, but uh, I appreciated Sab, or mm. Taz using wrestling Taz, to yes. control Sabu. And Sabu didn't... Anytime Sabu tried to wrestle, Taz would immediately fucking reverse take over. Sabu went for a leg dive. He got caught with a fucking crossface. Yep. And then crossface and crossface. Broke his nose. I did so. Broke his nose. My, and I'll say, you know, just for, for whatever, my favorite spot of the match is Sabu sinking in the Taz mission himself onto Taz. Yeah, my, I love that moment because... Everything about it. Because after the fact, when Sabu gets up and he's bragging about it, and then Taz gets up... Yeah, my spot of the match was the uh, Sabu hits the the cab the T bone suplex yeah. stands up does the arm cross huge pop Taz gets up fucking arms cross runs in duck under Taz mission I thought it was brilliant uh, yeah I, I was a big fan <laughs> of that I uh, really thought Sabu should have won this match I'm I'm glad that he didn't 
I'm glad that Taz won that match. I thought it was something that Taz had been chasing. I agree with you with that, but like at the time, I really thought Sabu should. I get, and I get why you would have felt that way as a fan. For me, watching it or eventually watching it, but me reading the results at the time, Taz had been chasing that victory for years, and it was one of those things that solidified him as a. That's one of the top guys in ECW. But as he listed, he's beaten everyone. He choked out Rob Van Dam. And, he, was and still... he's been calling out Sabu forever. Sabu's his Sabu. great white whale. So wouldn't Sabu be if... At... Sabu never showed up to any of these fucking things except right. for once when the, they did it at November. November, November they wanted to do I it. I was there too. God, fuck you, humble brag. <laughs> and then... Uh... Was that the show right uh, before Survivor Series? Yeah, 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 yeah. Me and my Uncle Derek went to No, that was me. <laughs> um... Yes, Taz had picked up all these victories and he'd been mowing these people down and he was building up his tough man credibility. But he needed this match and he needed this victory over Sabu. Which plays into the whole Bill Alfonso thing because Fonzie's betting on all these matches and they finally get the elusive match with Sabu and he fucks him over. Well, you know, he didn't really But he still him. wins the match. This is what I like. Yeah. Here's here's what I will appreciate, but I don't necessarily like it. But I appreciate that that Paulie will let you have the finish and then do the shenanigans after. Even though I feel like yeah. you could you could have the shenanigans so, be a part of the finish. I have something to say about that, but I'll wait till the end because it kind of has to do with the entire event. But one thing I'll mention about Fonzie. <laughs> I feel like at one point during the match, he forgot that he hadn't done the heel turn yet because he's like sitting there rooting on Sabu and Styles tries to cover it by being like, he's trying to motivate him to get into the ring so Taz can finish him off. But it really just looks like Fonzie wants Sabu to win. Yeah. And it was just like, did and he then just at one point he's yelling at Taz going, get in there. You can't beat him. What? Like, did you forget? <laughs> Now was that a rib? Let's <laughs> <laughs> well, um, so go to the. Oh. I love the. I love that the Taz mission clean finish right in the fucking yes. middle of the ring. And and it wasn't a submission. The referee actually lifted his arm up three times. And choked him out with his broken nose choked bleeding. Him out. And uh, yeah, it's reminiscent of WrestleMania 13, but I think it was its own thing in the end. I just said it was. I, I would say it was inspiration. I didn't think. It, I don't think they lifted it wholesale. Um. Taz it was just my thoughts about watching it. Of this. It was just my thoughts about well, watching yeah, it. Well, that's where the post-match shenanigans right. come in. Um, Do you guys think Van Damme missed his cue? For what? For his run-in. So we do the respect angle. Taz, oh, yeah, Taz calls out uh, the fan in the crowd, which I loved. Yeah. You shut your fucking mouth and show some respect. Yeah. <laughs> which was awesome. They do the handshake deal. Then they go to leave, and then they stop, and then they hug. Yeah, I feel like that was that was... Stretch and they're and they're talk, you can see them talking to each other and I'm like hey, and I know Van Robin. Dam does the run in but I'm like where the fuck is Van Dam yeah so I don't know if he missed his cue or or something it was awkward yeah <laughs> good and the crowd started booing when they did the hug right like the handshake they These can respect but the fucking hug get the boo, fuck out of here fuck you. I'm, I'm with you too I'm with them <laughs> city of brotherly love you bloodthirsty motherfucker I, I was in it. I was, I was in it too. molded by it. Uh, but watch yeah. our shows; they're the same fucking thing. <laughs> Sabu uh, tapped a uh, I mean, trip. I never moved to... over. What? Huh? I never moved over to that side. Aww. 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 Sabu so that was uh, Sabu was choked out by Taz, 
at a 17 minutes, 17 45 minutes. seconds. Oh, I was actually fine with that match. <clears throat> yeah, it did not feel as long as some of the other matches. That actually felt like it was shorter than it was. Absolutely. Wow. Um, I do want to make mention of the fact that having Fonzie turn and the reveal and having Sabu, RVD, and Fonzie together is the birth of one of my favorite little stables. And I loved how Van Dam called them his family um, in his post-match promo. I loved it. Fonzie and Rob Van Dam together, you wouldn't think that it's something that works, but it just works so it beautifully. Was so good. Um, I love, I just love everything about them together. And although I think it could have been a little tighter post match, I was thrilled with, I was thrilled with how it came about. So, the, the next match, do we get any more promos beforehand, or are we just moving right into the, uh, the three-way dance. Let's get into three-way dance. Oh, I, I do want to make mention, because I had to write this down, 1997 Beulah McGillicuddy. Holy oh God. I love the respect clap going right into the show, show your tits. tits. Yeah. <laughs> like, fucking respect, respect, respect. My show your, your tits. tits. Yeah. I mean, this is me. Beulah was the hottest thing. She was my, yeah, 100%. Yeah. Okay. Like, I cannot even... I remember on late nights on web TV... Pulling up Beulah's penthouse pictures yeah. I don't and know. waiting twenty minutes for that one photo to load. <laughs> I but, don't know why. And then I, I could unload. A girl from Hustler <laughs> and did all these like penthouse and shit like that. She seemed less like a whore than any of the other girls. You're right. right. So and then she and poor Francine, who's like, I mean, Francine doesn't have the stories of being a whore. Oh, yeah. Uh, she's a crack whore. Right. She's, she's she got her beat. I her love beat. Francine's she tits as well, but Beulah, Beulah. Oh, my God. Beulah mm. was gorgeous. She, and I mean, I love the storyline for Beulah, too, and her introduction to ECW. Right, that was one she, of the famous yeah. ECW yeah. angles. She um, was the fat chick at camp. It yeah. was such a smart angle. So good. I love Raven and Dreamer's story. Yep. We could do an entire episode of just Dreamer we Raven do several story. Several episodes yeah. of Dreamer. Raven. But um, yeah, the the respect pop into the show your tits was was perfect. Oh, fucking Tom! I, I understand what they were doing with having Tommy Dreamer out there, but holy shit, did he suck out there? Well, he fuck. Was, he 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 was able to drive home a couple points. Like, oh, you know, like I'm. Um, I, I did this for Terry. You know, I told him I wouldn't go out. I told him I wouldn't go out there. I, I want to say that Paul Lee figured that out halfway through and must have fed to Dreamer. Just like I can't do commentary right now. Yes. I'm just gonna watch. Yes. <laughs> like I feel. I feel like Paul Lee might have might have yeah. fed that line. Um, the three way dance. We get the entrances with all the different people. We get Stevie out first with the BWO. Three baby faces. Three baby faces. Which I was... That was fine. Which is fine leading into, of course, the the main The thing about this triple threat match is if Dreamer was in it, it would be three guys with three of the most legitimate gripes over Raven. A triple threat with the three people that he's wronged the most, that he hates the most, right? Yep. Tommy Dreamer... Sandman, Stevie yeah. Richards. He brainwashed Sandman's son and his wife. He yep. fucking he's amazing all, angle there. He's always had the feud with Dreamer. The the whole Stevie Richards thing. It's so perfect. It's it is. It's it's perfect. But Terry Funk needed his one last stand in 1997. <laughs> Terry Funk is still wrestling to this day. Upon the entrances, my first note I take for this is: uh, Should Stevie have gone over? My note is: Oh, hot take. <laughs> this match should have been Stevie going over, or it should have been Dreamer going over. 
Those are the only two. And they had Stevie get eliminated first. Yeah. Right. Killed the crowd. Fucking killed it. Killed the crowd almost as much as Pitbull and Shane Douglas. If I was booking this, I would seriously have a crisis over whether to do Dreamer or Richards. Because Mikey said, Stevie really kind of caught on. Like, no one expected him to get as hot as he got. And... I don't know if you should ride that all the way. Well, the the BWO, he was already doing the BWO thing, but it was when he fucking finally turned on Raven that everyone was like, all like everyone just loved him. And then the BWO became his own thing, and it wasn't a part of Raven's nest. Right. But I wonder, and again, I can't because I don't know contracts and I don't know the situations where. But I have to wonder if the way Stevie went out, like, why wouldn't you go to DC to WCW, like? If you had decided to put him over Raven, if you decided to let him have that moment, maybe things could have been different. Maybe it could have led to a lot of different stories. That was TV's moment because he was always Raven's lackey, and if he finally won right. the title over Raven, over, that would have been right. his making moment. That was a make-or-break moment. But to play devil's advocate, uh, I really feel like the match made him. Like, it made him legitimate. Until he got eliminated first. But still, even he was kicking out of everyone's stuff. Yeah. And when they kicked he, out he, of the Stevie kick, the crowd was pissed. Which was one of my favorite uh, moments. He hits the uh, the Stevie kick on Funk, and Sandman actually joined in for yes, the, for the pin. cover. And that's how he ended cool. up getting eliminated. He was, there was what was double, it, Powerbomb? Yeah. Double pin, yeah. Um, I would have said, so just like Stevie needed that moment, I think that moment could have been Dreamers. I think it should have been Dreamers when I really think about it. Just because of the storyline that was at play. And look how hot the crowd was for Dreamer just being up there at the yeah. comment. They wanted him involved. And I just feel like it's, again, not listening to your audience. And it's a recurring theme that I brought up on this pay-per-view. And Paulie has said many times since then that he wanted this as a thank you for right. Funk. Exactly. And so he was going to do it no matter what. But I, I disagree with him. I think it was the wrong call. Yes, I totally agree with that. Um do you think Sandman has the worst aim or the best aim? As he threw <laughs> the a best ladder aim. and cracked Terry Funk right in the head. Twice. And then threw a trash can wrapped in metal overhead into the <laughs> ring and just cracked Terry Funk right in the fucking head again. And you know he's fucking drunk. Yes. I think it's one of those things where drunk has a lot to do with it and it gives you picture-perfect aim. <laughs> Because about 17 years ago, I threw a pack of relish at the back of Richard Pacifico's neck. <laughs> and under any other circumstances, I would have missed it. But Rui Patello just turns to me and he goes, bet you can't hit him. I'm like, bet you I'm drunk. <laughs> and I fucking toss that shit relish all over him. And I do think that Sandman gets that liquid courage and he can just nail it out of the park. He can only do it when he's cocked it's out of like his It's like how beer. he can walk but the uh, guardrails. Or even just stand there fucking drinking a beer, which you know is not his fucking second beer. I think that's why Vince McMahon was such a huge Sandman fan. Ugh. Because he can do these things while trashed. I forget whose shoot interview it was, but they were saying they were working the Sandman. And he was sober. And they were like, man, you don't want to work him sober. With a sober, he swings that cane, he hits you in like the elbow. And, like, <laughs> <laughs> when he's drunk, he hits you perfect. <laughs> Uh, how about fucking the Sandman with the um, the sun angle with Vince? Yeah, like, he when was he was not one supposed of the... to be out there for that long. Like, but how? It but just he happened. fit he all fit the criteria. <laughs> he fit, and it just what a perfect. <laughs> just turns around and just Sandman smiling. Oh man. Uh so my spot in the match for this match was when Terry Funk 
hardwayed Sandman into the ring, and Sandman did a front flip leg drop onto Stevie Richards, who was covered with a ladder. I thought that was a small, smart little spot right there. Yep. Um, my spot of the match, I have the... I've, well, one could have been if Terry Funk had hit the moonsault off the ladder yeah, and he yeah. actually connected with it, would have been amazing. He landed so hard on his hip. Oh. Um, and I did love the seesaw ladder spot. Which one? Which went in the crowd? Yeah. That's, there was that's roughly, mine. There was roughly 15 seesaw ladder there was, spots. But this one, one of them worked <laughs> and one of them launched into the, the crowd. Cra- yeah. The crowd one was, that was like, one of mine. holy shit. Yep, that's it for me. Uh, I think my favorite spot was uh, Stevie assisting Funk on the finish. Just like kind of like a okay. paying respect to the legend. Yeah. I uh, right. I like that like the super kick getting yeah. Sandman down. Tell Stevie we have to go home in fifteen seconds. <laughs> um, because this match went what? How long? This match went nineteen minutes ten seconds. So fifteen minutes for entrances, <laughs> twenty minutes for the match. Yeah. Holy! I'm watching this and I remember the story. I know beyond Matt. I know everything about it. But I'm watching it again last night and I'm like, how the fuck are they gonna finish this? There's well, not enough time. Well, how much time did fucking Funk and Raven go? Seven minutes, seven 20 minutes. seconds. And how much did they fit into those seven minutes? Well, the, the great thing about Terry Funk, he didn't need to do shit. He didn't do anything. <laughs> Can I say I wrote, um, main event, total chaos, run-ins, ref bumps, returns. Um... <laughs> you mentioned Raven's. <laughs> you mentioned Raven's flock, right? Yes. And how after or Nest was it? Whatever he wanted. To call oh, it. it was Raven's flock in WCW. It was so Raven's Nest. when BWO left, what a shit show what that turned. Fu- that bitch who came out and did the fucking. That was Nia out? Jax. That was Reggie Bennett. But she had never been. Never before. Other debut. Yes. Where was, was chastity? The worst powerbomb ever. Love chastity. Um. Yeah. Um, so bad. Her name was uh, Reggie Bennett. She was a female wrestler. Nobody knew where the fuck she was. Oh, I knew who Reggie Bennett was. <laughs> did you? No, Seven-year-old Jake? This is her back in the day. She did not look like that at Fairly <laughs> Legal. She was a uh, fitness model for a while. She looked more like, like Amy Lee. And she had a uh, construction worker gimmick. And she was a beefy... That looks more like her in 97. She, is a, uh, she looked bigger than this in 97. Yeah. She was a big gal. And she powerbombed Terry Funk right onto her own leg. Yeah. And it was like... I don't, know, I don't know why. Who the... F- Did she ever appear again? Nope. No! <laughs> Fucking, I don't get Pay it. Pay-per-view. We gotta pull out all the stops and bring in this random broad. And Raven's flock runs out into the crowd. They look like the crowd anyway. Yeah. I, none of them have any discernible qualities. I'm assuming one of them's lupus. Because nobody knows... What Lupus the f- was Lupus out was there, but that, unnamed. Uh, no, but he was there. And then uh, Tommy Dreamer... Oh, Terry Funk's bleeding like a fucking pig. Ugh. Bleeding immediately. What do we feel about the doctor coming Loved in? It. Like, Loved it. The ref bump to Something the Something that they've never really done before. They decide to have the... Re- like uh, Terry Funk was bleeding really badly, and he's really old. I've seen him bleed worse. But he's really he's old, really and old. I feel like it just makes sense. I've seen him he's- bleed worse after 1997. <laughs> All right. But um, my favorite... My spot of the match is just Terry Funk selling while the doctor's <laughs> checking on him. The blood's... Is and he's like, his face, he's shaking. That's my favorite. That's my yeah. spot of this match. It's an, uh, he also pulled a Steve the Turtle whiner and told him to stay on him. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, yeah. he wasn't going to get up. Yeah. 
He, he Raven just cracked him with the belt immediately and just kept beating the shit out of him. Reggie Bennett power bombed him onto her own leg. It looked like she hurt herself. She kind of like, she probably she, did. She kind of staggered out of the ring. <laughs> uh, Raven says, "I'm gonna kill Terry Funk. I'm gonna throw him through those tables." Tommy Dreamer rips off the cord. Oh, I'm gonna do it. Oh shit! It's Big Dick Dudley from out of jail. <laughs> yeah, fresh out of jail. <laughs> Fucking. Goes for the big choke slam on Dreamer. Dreamer kicks him in the nuts. And he sure does. Choke slam? Sort yeah. of? The positioning was just really bad. See the thing? And listen, fuck. I. Mad props to Big Dick Dudley for taking this fucking bump. Yes, but the thing is, Big Dick Dudley should know better than anyone you jump up, not out. <laughs> He hit he a hit table, table and just and well. disappeared into the abyss. Like he just disappeared. Yes, gone. And then we cut back to Raven in the ring, and you hear the most brutal shots. Who knows what's happening? Raven's Tommy fucked. Dreamer is killing the nest, but we never get to see. You it. just hear. I think it's just foley work going on. It's Paul, <laughs> it's Paul Heyman off camera banging two trash can lids. Bring yeah. it home! Bring it home! Uh, Tommy Dreamer runs in despite saying Terry yeah, promised this bothered Terry me so wouldn't. much. He made a whole point of it. Yep. Um, Rave, Tommy Dreamer threw a trash can at Raven, and Raven just went boom, like a fucking superhero. Caught it right before it hit him in the face. It was amazing. Um, and as I said, AG was going to steal that spot from Teo. Hip toss counter into a DDT from Tommy Dreamer from uh, two matches before, and that became one of Tommy's biggest moves. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um. I wrote that down as a huge false finish, and even the timekeeper got worse. Yep, yep. Oh, my God. Killing it. He killed it. They should have just let it go. No, no. no, Yes, one, two, three, just let it go. The crowd wouldn't have bought that. He kicked out. He clearly kicked out. The crowd knew he kicked out. They popped, but they were like, no, he kicked out. They had to do that finish. Small package. One, two, three. 53-year-old Terry Funk is champion. I haven't watched this since probably... Nine two thousand. It's probably been a long time, but I completely forgot about the Ravens Nest run in, and that's where I was at the point where they've got like three minutes left before they go off the air. How are they going to finish this? Well, they found a way, and then it's fucking five minutes of Terry Funk celebrating. So I don't know. It's like the power giving went out. HIV to everybody in the crowd. Yeah. There was a horrified woman <laughs> trying to <laughs> desperately back away from Terry Funk, but the crowd's all moving in, and Terry Funk's moving forwards. And <laughs> that woman was Bailey. That's <laughs> how she became a wrestling fan. Everybody, there ain't no stopping. All right, um, folks. So we, 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 oh, our favorite oh, moments. Yeah, moments? I, I listed my favorite spot. Uh, my favorite spot was the somersault. Raven somersault into the table on the outside. Okay, I like that. That was great. I, I had two. One of them was Raven's dive through the table. And the other one was, I actually really enjoyed his mid-match promo where he's like, I'm going to cut his career short. Yeah, yep. that was great. Like, yeah, I, I like that. And his return, whatever. Um, I really enjoyed that. Before you announce the match of the night, I wanted to just make mention, I think some of the issues I had with this pay-per-view is that I wish they had leaned into it being a little more ECW. I've said that. But I feel like they had the pieces together. And if anybody out there has ever watched Wrestlepalooza 97, that to me is the perfect ECW event. And that included Jerry the King Lawler showing up in the ECW arena. Yeah, that was and huge. And if I had booked it my way, Jerry Lawler would have debuted at Barely Legal uh, in the ECW arena. Imagine that. It would have It would have been amazing. 
And if you had just changed a few things around with Shane Douglas and what you wanted to do with RVD and Sabu, I think you could have really made it something where it had that chaotic nature of Wrestlepalooza and it would have just been, it would have been awesome. It would have been amazing. It would have been a moment you'd never forget. That's what I would, I mean, I don't know. So everyone's tallies and votes are in. All right. Okay. All right. So let's, uh, let's go through them. It's all right. Um, Mike Pava for best match. He voted blank. The opening tag team match, the Eliminators oh. Dudley Boys. Okay. Now you didn't vote worst match. What do you think worst match was? <coughs> Douglas you know and fucking to, Douglas. Do that? Yeah. Yes. Oh. Douglas and Pitbull. You're voting. Yeah. How about you, JC? Uh, the worst match was absolutely Douglas and Pitbull. Um, it looks like AG wrote worst match. Good. Uh, for best match, AG wrote the Michinoku Pro Six Man Tag Match. Loved it. And for worst match, Shane Douglas versus Pitbull. <laughs> we might as well call this show. You actually wrote it. Uh, Pitbull number two is Pitbull number one. Worse than show. No, Pitbull number two was Did the one that wrestled. Oh shit! I Anthony Durante. Um, Gary Wolf was Pitbull number one, and bought a ticket to ECW barely legal. For JC's best match of the night, Sabu versus Taz. Oh, okay. mm-hmm. a lot of different mm-hmm. uh, opinions here. And uh, my best match of the night was. Taz and Sabu. All right. And uh, worst match, Shane Douglas and Pitbull. <laughs> so the match that sold the show gets match of the night. And yeah. I think one could argue that Sabu and Taz should have been the main event, the actual main event, yep. last match to go on. I'd agree with that, but with all the shenanigans and schmas, I understand why. I think the way it was placed happened because of Douglas and Pitbull and all their shenanigans. And then you had the main event with all their crazy stuff. Yeah. Sabu and Taz, as Mikey mentioned, the finish was clean. Very clean Their match. shenanigans was after the fact. Right. Um, so I get why they placed it where they did. But for me, that was the match of the night. But honestly, I would have loved to see RVD ending the pay-per-view, him, Sabu, and Bill. And that would have been a great so. time to have Jerry Lawler, Jerry Lawler come in. Because that... That trio really carried the company for the rest of the year. Yeah, and uh, I don't know. That's just. Can we do another ECW show after this? I mean, uh, you know, do we want to mix it up? But I, I, I think we're in an ECW stride right now. Well, yeah, we, we've done one. <laughs> we're on a great stride. We're we've on done a great roll. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I'm just having fun reminiscing and. Yeah, no, I listen. I know listen, I'm kind of hearing you two little you country heads cackle back and forth <laughs> about your the glory days of 1997. It wasn't the glory days. Glory days. It was the best of days. Oh, oh it was right. the worst of times. It was the blurst of times. Stupid idiots. This was fun. <laughs> yes, yeah. I'm happy we got a um, we got. Two people voting for the same thing. I'm happy it wasn't all four of us picking a different match. Yeah. But I think that goes to show that the maybe the show itself wasn't as bad as everyone kind Wait, of thinks. And I don't think it was bad. Like I just wish it was more. You think it? Yes, I agree with you. Um, because I really enjoyed the Michinoku Pro match. I thought yeah, that absolutely. was great. I, I'm agreeing. Um, with that. and I thought the the spot fest with the Eliminators and Dudleys also, again, it was the perfect yeah. showcase for the Eliminators. I just wish it was more. Yeah. I'd be happy to do ECW again. I'm, I mean, you can do whatever. Sebu and Taz told the story to me. Like I could, I agree. I could read the story they were trying to tell. My, uh, That's why it was best in show. Oh, oh damn it! I never, I never got to mention it. Uh, my favorite spot was the fact that he finally gave Sabu gave Taz a taste of his own mess and hitting a Taz like as well as on the submission. Oh, that was a cool story. Match. 
And also mine. Did you mention yours in that match? Which one? Taz and Sabu. Uh, the Sabu's triple jump into the crowd where you would later see my Uncle Derek. Oh, so nepotism. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Favorite spot of the match. All right. Well, All right. Uh, Anthony, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, How can buddy. we find you? Yeah, give yourself a little plug. Oh, well, my address right, is 63... Oh, <laughs> oh, wait. Oh, 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 33 Harris Street. Oh, by the chat. Close enough. Um, uh... On Twitter, on Instagram, on Snapchat, at all good AG. Uh, you can see me wrestle. Oh, wait, this isn't going to be up until after the fact. April 13th, yeah. yeah so, what do you got on April 13th coming up? On uh, Thursday, did, April 13th. Did somebody say April 13th? It's May. It's your thing. You're trying to do the it's also May 19th. It's, it's also 19th. <laughs> um, nothing going on on the 13th, but on the 14th, I believe there is an NCW event. Oh, yeah, there is. A Norwood, Massachusetts. No, nope, that's wrong. It's, it's Dedham. It's Dedham. In Dedham, Massachusetts. You should probably just not talk. Beautiful dead ham. <laughs> dead ham. <laughs> Delicious. Um, threewaytheater.com yes. is where you can find us in all of our episodes, our pro wrestling movies, our mini casts, and now this wonderful endeavor. Best in show. Match of the five night. Five star classic. <laughs> Minus five stars. Damn Ooh. it. Um... Three Way Theater, Twitter, yeah, Facebook, check us out, Instagram. Adam Carolla loves us. You should love us too. Be, Subscribe on yeah. iTunes. I've been using the Podbean app. Really loving that Podbean app. It just gets popped right on there when a new episode uploads. So check us out. Check us out. Check it out. What? 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 What's it all about? And you wonder why people think we're not like scripted? No, we just made eye contact. That's all we needed. I'm Mike Pava. How low did you have to get to get eye contact with Mike Pava? I'm Lumberjake. I'm JC. Uh, and Anthony. And this has been Match of the Night. <laughs> Theater. Best in show. Five star no. classic. It's a work in progress. <laughs>